1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to SpotCast. I'm Tim Mitra, and I'm joined by Jaime Lopez, Jr. How's it going?
2: (laughs) Or maybe I should have a different catchphrase for for this one. Maybe it should be um, live long and prosper. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Greetings. (laughs) <laughs> greetings, <laughs> greetings, Earthlings!
1: Yes, exactly. Greetings. Mm-hmm. What, what do we say for our original? Well, have to develop some other, some other characters for this show, right? So, so what do you think? How do you like uh, our um, little preview
2: episode? Oh, is that what you mean? Okay, sorry, you you just went right into it. Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it yeah, is no, was a really no. hard shift in context for me. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. No,
1: I figured we had mm-hmm. the material. I wasn't going to put it in the show, and, and I thought, well, I'll throw that over there. And I, I knew we had the, uh, the after show where you and I talked about Doctor Who and stuff, just to give people an idea what, what uh how we sound together and, and what we sort of think and say, right? So, I can't Is that the one where I talked about? Star- yeah, it's the one where I talked about Star Wars. I want to see the actual movie, right? So mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a little annoyed at these, at these podcast apps, because I was trying to listen to it today as I was walking the dog, and I'm still getting the full one hour and seven minute version of it. And I'm not getting the 54 minute version that I recut the other
2: day. Right. So. There, oh, that's know. interesting. Uh, I don't yeah, actually 53 know minutes, Yeah. listen to. You said mine looked different than what yours was.
1: Yeah. The shield. Well, I've updated the shield, right? Because, um, like I said, I used the, the shield that was on the, um, the discovery shield that was on the, their press release page. Um, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to use it long term and then have them say, Hey, cease and desist. Right. So I went in and made my own, my own design in Photoshop. And, and then I, you know, sort um, of, uh, copied the letters i downloaded the star trek font from i think it's from um either undiscovered country or uh the uh what's the fifth one called
2: um final Frontier. the final frontier yeah yeah so this is interesting so when i look at the list like like played podcast list it looks like it's the same logo (laughs) as the discovery
1: yeah but
2: when i go in to look at the actual episode that preview art is like i i recognize the space background you have I can tell that it's different here. And it says Spockcast on over the
1: yeah, lettering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, like I said, I was listening to it with my dog and, and uh, I was getting, cause I, cause, cause I cut the stuff about the Boston Redstock out and I cut the stuff about your talk uh, coming up out of it. Right. Cause we initially mm-hmm. started talking about, you know, Idris Elba and um, that kind of stuff. Right. So I left that in and then, uh, and then I, uh, and I, then, then I tacked in the, the stuff where we were talking about um, Star Wars and, and uh, the original cut of episode four. Right. Oh. By the way, I brought that. Yeah. I brought that with me to uh, 360 iDev. I never did show it to you. The original. The, I have it on my iPhone. The original. Original episode. Episode. No, sorry. Original Star Wars movie. I don't even want to call it A New Hope, <laughs> but Episode Four, right? Because it just mm-hmm. it just says Episode Four, and there's nothing like. In fact, I don't even think does it say Episode. Yeah, it must say Episode Four, but it doesn't say Episode Four A New Hope, and then the, the on the on the crawler, you know, at the very beginning of the movie, right? It has the old uh, the old style 20th yep. Century Fox, you know, drum and fanfare and that kind. Of Stuff right. I was watching Alien. You know, we we also talked about Alien, the movie, right? And that was on Mm -hmm. uh, on our movie movie time network um, the other day. So I watched that from the very beginning, and it has the same 20th Century Fox uh, style that's on this original uh, Star Wars cut that I have, right? And anyway, so I went through that whole movie and and uh, watched you know right to the very end, and including the scene where you know the Ripley underwear scene, like you called it, right? Yeah. So that was kind of an interesting uh, memory lane uh, kind of episode to watch, right? Because you really don't see. You don't even see. You don't even. see the you never see the uh the monster other than the the chest burst scene where you see him burst out of the out of his chest and uh or the part where that where they beat up um the robot guy i've forgotten his name now um you know the character played by um bilbo baggins ian
2: holm right yeah um i can't remember the, was it ash
1: ash and bishop ash, right yes, i'm trying to remember ash. what the two
2: androids yeah, were. Ash,
1: ash is the first one yeah yeah and they don't even know he's a robot right so and they call him a robot too uh, you know, as opposed to an artificial life form or whatever they they call bishop later right yeah and and Sigourney Weaver's is also uh, she's the last um, last one as well right let's call them replicants let's be rebels <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you don't even like and I, and I sort of said that you don't really see the guy in the suit you do see him at the very end where he's hanging on to the, the um, like on beside the engine and she, and she fires up the engine and um, you know blows him away from the ship right as he's dangling on the outside of her ship as she's trying to escape from the shuttle right mm-hmm. I'm talking about so Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley yeah that's cool and I everyone mean, Watching just to get ready for uh, get ready for discovery. I've been watching the uh, Star Trek, um, the original Star Trek series on Netflix, you know, with the new rendered uh, scene or er, spaceship scenes and stuff like that. The out the exterior shots. Um, I was watching, you, do, you, do you remember the Corborite maneuver? That's the one where the they have the standoff against a little cube and th- it threatens to blow them up and then they threaten to blow themselves up and and the cube with them and they have that standoff, right? I forget mm-hmm. what the ship looked like. I think it was like a big, you know, almost like a a, looks like a module, model of a of a, a chemical or whatever. But in this one here, they've, they've really gone to town with 3D rendering and it just looks overdone. <laughs> but it's funny that the, what I'm watching it now, like, I mean, it's, I guess it's been probably, you know, a good 10, 15 years, maybe since I watched it seriously or even sat down. Like, I mean, I know all the stories, but I, I don't know the nuance of them. And, you know, it's um, the first, like, you know, I'm, I'm 10 episodes in. And the first bunch are, um, you know, very, some of the wooden acting, like, you know, how they're calling up the technology around them. I think that, you know, the next generation benefited from the fact that they had everything worked out to a T, you know, when they, and they had like art direction and that kind of stuff to have consistency. But in these original Star Trek yeah. episodes, they were all sort of a little out of the place. And I think they must've been filmed and, and broadcast out of order as well. Right. So, have you ever sat down and watched them
2: recently? Like the
1: uh, original Star Trek?
2: You know, I haven't, but what I have been watching is uh sort of spot watching various episodes of Star Trek, the next generation. Right. Right. Um, because um, that's sort of my my go-to. Um, you know, we never actually talked about that. Is it safe to presume that the original series is your favorite of uh, all of them?
1: Uh, well... Yes and no. I mean, um, I think in the sa- in the same way that that I remember watching the original Star Trek: The Next Generation when it came out. I was you know in my twenties. I think where I was married at the time or just gotten married, um, and everybody was looking forward to it. I remember we, I think we had like a, a viewing party. We had a bunch of people in in the living room watching the first episode because it had been many many years since um, Star Trek was actually on the air. Because I mean I, I was six when it came out, um, so it was already on the air by the time I came to Canada, and then um, I remember my dad was. Told by some guys at work, he should watch the show, and he, so he basically that's how we ended up watching it. Um, and it was um, it was on for a couple of years, and then it was in syndication forever, right? Um, so you, like you know, you could watch start like they they brought out the animated series, and so so for me, the original Star Trek with you know with all the, the wooden acting and all that kind of stuff, and um, you know the whenever they, I was last, still laugh to this day when they ever have a fight, it's never the actual actor having the fight like it is today, and you know now now actors do a lot of their own stunts. So they would have some Mm -hmm. sort of stunt fighters that kind of looked like, you know, they were sort of the same body shape, but, you know, different hair or whatever. So you could totally tell in the old 70s, 60s and 70s TV shows that whenever there was some sort of, you know, fight or whatever, but it was like a Western or a bar fight or whatever, it was never the actual, you know, highly paid Hollywood actor that was involved in the tussle, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, but um, so I suppose, yes, I mean, it was my show. I think I watched the, um, I can't remember how many of the next generation shows i actually watched because it because it kind of got um i watched it for a while and then i i then i don't know i think i had some sort of family issues or whatever that so i stopped watching it for a while and then then i came back to it and by the time i came back to it i really wasn't into it you know what i mean like i was doing my mind was elsewhere Um, right so i didn't really keep up with it um but yeah there was that sort of waiting period like like sort of waiting for star wars to or sorry for star wars episode one to come back after you know 17 years or waiting for um you know Serenity, the movie for Flyer, Firefly to come out or any of those kind of things where you have to wait a period of time for the next, next issue to come. And I've seen all of, I've seen every Star Wars movie or Star Trek movie there is, right? Like I even saw the first one in the theater, um, but I've seen all, I've seen all of the Star, the, um, Star Trek movies in the theater. Um, but I missed, I think I, you know, I, I, I think I have probably seen all of the Star Trek next generations, but not in order, you know, and I wasn't watching them regularly. Right. So, but, Mm but then when Deep Space Nine came out, I watched that. When Voyager came out, I watched that as well. Um, I think I skipped the second last season of Voyager. Um, you know, I think the Borg was really a cool concept in in um, the Next Generation. But I missed that period of time. You know, when when locutus when when uh, Picard becomes Locutus mm-hmm. I, I missed that. I didn't see that part live. I kind of caught up with that after after First Contact, the movie. Like I, that's when I went back and you know kind of looked up Locutus and that piece. I don't know how many episodes that took. Was that a number of? It was one episode or a couple of episodes?
2: It was and a two part and that's interesting that you didn't see it live because it's way different seeing it, um, you know, on Netflix where you could, oh, okay, it just automatically starts the next one right, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, or even, I think uh, there was a special sort of screening of it as a movie, like pieced together as, as one movie. I oh, yeah, was, yeah. Like, like an hour yeah. long, um, maybe not even an hour because they took out all the commercials and everything. Um, it's way different in terms of the dramatic effect it has on you. The very you know tail end of, of season three was the season finale. Oh, it was a cliffhanger. Is the first part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, and right. it cliffhangs you like right at the moment, and you have to spend the next like three months waiting for, you know, the season four, you know, series premiere to come up to, to see yeah, the resolution. Yeah.
1: And now these guys all have mid season finales. They really figured that whole thing out, right? So,
2: yeah, it, it makes sense because the sort of schedule has changed. And I was even looking at Star Trek discoveries, um, set setup here, and it looks like, you know, it, it launches on uh, September 24th. It has eight episodes, which will get us into the first week in November, then a break for the holiday. Holidays, and then it comes right back at the end of January looks like in 2018 oh, really? hmm. for another what seven episode eight episode two three right four, right I six seven episodes so it looks like it'll be 15 episodes in the season which is I think a little bit shorter than you know most um, Star Trek series have had for a season but is just about in line with what you would see in sort of modern um streaming oriented series right well there'll right. be you know like a miniature series will be like six episodes and then and they'll tend to be about ten to thirteen ish for a, a season.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. You know, I don't, it's, it's it's like I said the, the, with, the, with the Game of Thrones last week. It was too quick a season. Like I was just getting into it when it was over. Like I didn't realize it was only seven episodes mm-hmm. in this this last season, season seven, right? Um, but yeah, like you know, I was expecting to be able to watch another week of it. But the same thing with like Halt and Catch Fire. They do the same thing where they you know they, they showed a bunch of episodes and then they go away, right? So they just done, they've just broken for their mid-season break, and The Walking Dead, of course, does that as well, and so does uh, Fear the Walking Dead. So it seems to be the new trend, I guess, right? Um, but it's yeah. amazing, like, you know, if you look at look at Star Trek, the original one we were just talking about, I mean, there's 80 episodes, and that was over two and a half years, right? So they must have bought, like, I think they, did they buy 26 weeks? Does that make sense? 26 That sounds episodes? about right. I,
2: I, think, I think it's about 25, 26-ish episodes for Star Trek The Next Generation, and I think it was not that different from uh, the original series.
1: Oh, it was for Twenty six for each season in, in Star Trek in TNG, right? Yeah, yeah because, something like that. Because I think thirteen weeks is a thirteen weeks is a as a regular sitcom. I mean that that was sort of the schedule you would expect for that, and then they would go into reruns or whatever. But um, and then you know you got the UK version where they they do six episodes per season, right? And then if you're watching a show like Sherlock, you only get three episodes because they gang them up two at a time, right? Two like you know, two hour long uh, episodes, right? Yeah, so, yeah, hmm. yeah. Everything's so brief and there's so much stuff to watch It's funny. Like it, while you were just Talking, we forgot about Battlestar um, Battlestar Galactica, right? Because they had that whole resurgence. Um, the original show was was like not it was unwatchable. I mean, I know I know people watched it because they were probably kids at the time, but it was it was so clunky and you know didn't make any sense or whatever, right? It's very very much like. Have you ever watched the Planet of the Apes movies? You Probably. Have, I have. Right? I
2: think I think I've seen all four of the original.
1: And then they had this, they had a Planet of the Apes TV show for a while. That's kind of that's sort of jumping the shark for me when when uh, when. <laughs> when they when they used to go to TV, when they would you know take a movie movie concept and turn it into a TV show, um, and then because it never quite has the same budget or and uh, there's just some things that are a little campy, right? Um, yeah, yeah, you know. And so that was one, but so Battlestar Galactica was an, originally a movie, right? And then it turned into a TV show, and it was on for I don't know how many years, but um, it didn't impress me compared. Like you know, you got to remember too, Battlestar Galactica came out in the era of Star Wars, and you know the Star Trek movies were probably probably around the second. Star Wars, Star Trek movies when it came out, right? So, so it had that to compete with. There were, you know, there were tons of really good sci-fi movies back then. Um, and I just, you know, never really bought into it. And yeah, it, it also had Lauren Green, who's Canadian, by the way. But you know, he was, the, you know, the dad from from um, oh, what was that show called? Oh, man. Ben. He played Ben Cartwright on the TV show in the '60s. And yeah, just you know, you know, people, you know how you get in your mind, people are a certain character. Like, like um, Patrick Stewart will always be John Luke Picard, right? Like, even though. He's mm-hmm been in other movies since and you know he's been he's been Dr. X and in X-Men and he, you know he was uh, one of the uh, knights in Excalibur and all that kind of stuff right so but it's funny how people certain actors get stuck into these ruts right so yeah yeah for sure or they get cat well I mean it's like I just met Matt Smith the other day did I, did I tell you I, I met bumped into Matt Smith I didn't really bump into him but I was at Fan Expo on Friday um, and I, I went into I, I bought my ticket in advance so I came in the door where the on the in this part of the the, the convention where the people are signing stuff, right? And I was there around 11 o'clock and wandering around and, and he was sitting there signing stuff and, and I went to take a picture of him and it's funny because I pulled up my camera and I and I just in the time it took me to pull my, my iPhone out flip the camera, pointed at Matt Smith, his two security guards jumped in front of the frame and I was like 50 feet away. Like, 50, you know, like like I wasn't like anywhere near oh, yeah. him. Yeah, so they they're watching like hawks for people pulling out their iPhones or whatever, right? So it's funny because I have a picture of his to, and you can just see the corner between their shoulders. You can see his hair as he's signing something. Anyway, so like the line was really short, and I thought this is crazy. And and so I went and asked somebody how much it costs for a signature. It was like a hundred dollars US, roughly. So you know, I just thought about it for a minute. And some, another booth, a guy was selling photos for ten bucks with a you know with a sleeve. So I went to found a bank machine, got some cash, and went over and met the guy. And I was, was his last signature for, before lunch, right? So kind of cool. I got to meet a doctor, an actual Doctor Who, and he's actually one. Of, he's one of my favorite doctors, if not my favorite doctor, right? So so it was kind of cool. I got to tell him that and got a fist pump out of him. I didn't get to shake his hand, but... (laughs) <laughs> so I actually met the guy in the flesh, right? So, yeah, that was kind of a fun fun time. But why was I telling you that? Oh, yeah, because of Fan Expo. Yeah,
2: I mean... Uh, I'm guessing you know, that's so, like a local sci-fi? Oh, yeah. Or it's, or it it's more than it's just like, sci-fi? Like, I'm not familiar with Fan Expo.
1: Yeah, it's like a baby Comic-Con, like right? baby Comic-Con. Like, it's the it's the big one in Toronto. It, you know, it's it's packed with people and, co- you know, cosplay and, you know, all kinds of props and comic. It started out as a comic book convention back in the... I think when I first started going with my stepson in the 90s, it was just boxes of comic books. And then it you know slowly sci-fi started getting added to it, and now they have you know you cost you can pay a hundred dollars and have a photo with Matt Smith, or you can pay a hundred dollars and have, a, have a, uh, a signing with him. And you have to stand in these long queues to get to meet the people. But you know, like Norman Reedus from um, The Walking Dead was there. Uh, Barry boss the, the whole cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show, like Tim Curry, uh, the ladies that played Magenta and um, oh, what's her name, uh, Meatloaf was there, and Barry Boswick who played who played uh, brad was there um like it was all it was even like uh facebook cosplay stars like apparently they're or not facebook but youtube stars or whatever instagram stars like you know people who are online they're they're famous that they're famous online right (laughs) they're 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 well known cosplayers as they were i guess right so right yeah and all the movie you know the movie stars are all there and and, um karen Karen gillian was supposed to be there but she had to cancel because of a filming conflict or whatever but yeah there's a whole this is whole it's like like i said it's a baby Comic-Con, but, you know, and it runs for three or four days, three and a half days, I think. So, it's not quite as... Like, it's not like Comic-Con, which is almost like WWDC hard to get a ticket, right? But, uh, yeah. so But it's our it's our um, our chance to, you know, meet the stars or you know, meet artists and stuff like that. There's a whole artist table where, you know, they you bring a sketch... My son has a sketchbook, and he goes and meets the artists, and he gets them to draw him a picture for, like, I don't know, they charge 20 or 30 bucks or whatever to draw, to draw him a character that they do, and then they sign it, and so on and so forth. So that's kind of interesting. He's got this huge scrapbook of uh, drawings by people. Um, and then what else have they got? Yeah, you know, And, and all the, like, Nintendo's there and um, PlayStation and, and Micro- or Microsoft is there with the Xbox. You know, and there's a couple of um, stores that sell games and stuff like that. And our Space Channel celebrities are there, you know, so there's lots of Lego and Hasbro stuff. And, yeah, it's a good, uh, good, interesting show. And they have, like, like, like Comic-Con, they have um, Hasbro, you know, Star Wars characters that are specific to, this particular expo right so i guess they must do mm-hmm. that around the different places right have you ever been to a convention or anything like that
2: yeah not not anything as big as um the san diego comic-con um there's an emerald city comic-con that goes on in seattle um that's pretty good i've been to like a smaller star trek one that was you know just like a few floors of a hotel sort of thing um and that was good yeah i think maybe the most notable person they had at that one was um uh the actor who played lurch oh really so yeah. uh mr <laughs> was it Mr. Hong, what was his name? It was Luxwana Troys Troy's? Um,
1: oh, him! Uh, yeah, yeah. He's servant. A, the yeah. yeah. He was. He was also in the. Um, he was in the. Um, he's also been in um, Star Trek. I was watching here again. He was. He was all over the place back in the '60s. He was like the big guy, right? So um, yeah, what's his name? I should know his name.
2: Yeah, he's pretty large. Like he, you know, even you know, for a man in his uh, advanced age, he's still. His name is Ted. Cassidy. Pretty considerably sized. Yeah, his name is
1: Ted Cassidy, which you would never associate with a guy. Yeah, this is his name, Ted. Cassidy. Just a normal guy, really. But yeah, he was he, he was in a lot of um a lot of sci-fi stuff like that in the in the 60s and 70s. And then the guy who replaced him was the guy who played jaws on um the James Bond series with um Roger Moore, right? Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. next big guy. But he was there, right? Eh? Yeah, so I mean so here, like you know, when you come down to regrets too, like uh, Carrie Fisher was at um, our fan expo. She's been there a couple of times, and and um, yeah, you know, like I kind of stood at the back of the line. I kind of like saw her there, and thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool to get a signature by her. But you know, now now that she's no longer no longer possible to get her signature, it's hard to get her. Oh, um, Anthony Daniels was at the show. C3PO, C3PO, mm-hmm. he was at the show this week as well. So he was a bit more expensive than Doctor Who to get a signature from, though. I can imagine
2: <laughs> because he's still active too, right?
1: Like, there's still true. shooting. The, yeah. the movies. That's true. Yeah, 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 and and definitely they had a sign above his his uh, desk saying no photos, right? But um, yeah, Matt Smith's still acting. He was in he was in um, the Crown. Was, I, I forgot to mention that I saw him in the Crown. Is he played Prince Philip, right? Um, in the story about Queen Elizabeth the first or second? Sorry, Queen Elizabeth second. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting thing that was just this weekend going by, right? So was it? Yeah, just this weekend. It's always the it's always the um, first weekend, last weekend, last weekend of August, first weekend of September is Fan Expo here. In Toronto Ontario at the Metro Convention Center oh, yeah it's where we have our car show and you know lots of big conferences and stuff like that the big space mm-hmm. yeah But yeah it's like one of these things like you know like I you know for sure I know I was you know when I was standing there going oh this is way too much to get the get an autograph but when I saw the line thin down to like five people I thought screw it I'm gonna do it
2: right <laughs> yeah yeah it's um it's kind of an interesting thing for you know these these uh actors and actresses that I can see both sides right like you know in some respect. It's like, come on, man! Like, I can't take a picture. You know, it's not like it's you know, my little selfie here, while well, <laughs> where there's like a hundred other people around you is not going to be as good as like the you know the hundred dollar um, you know or shaking hands or something photo, whatever whatever it is that they they do for the pose. Um, but I get it because it's you know it, it's part of their their brand, right? And they should have the the right to control that sort of thing. And if I was sitting in their shoes, I'm not like, well, how would I be? Would I be more of the yeah, you know, if I'm here at McDonald's. You see me, great. Let's let's do uh, a, a quick. Selfie selfie or something. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, I think I would probably do that. Like, you know, uh, we might sell the, like, the staged photos with, like, a really nice background and everything, and maybe I'm doing whatever pose is, is known for me, um, right, and sell yeah. the the signatures and stuff in, like on, a, like, a nice, like, thing, right? Not, like, something you bring to me, but, like, hey, here's, like, this, uh, this headshot or, uh, like, movie poster or something. Like, those ones are, like, we, we've given you product. Um, whereas I think I would probably do the autograph signatures of, like, oh, they ran into me like the bookstore hey great you let me sign the, the book that you're that you want me to right especially if it's a, a dedication thing instead of the just my signature thing that, that people will tend to resell but if it's like oh to Maggie or to Jonathan or whatever you know never lose hope or <laughs> whatever the, the catchphrase happens to be right right
1: yeah I had to write fezes are cool on my picture by the way but um, um well I have a friend so so the thing about it is is like you know it's kind of it's one of these things where you have to understand from the actors perspective yeah I mean they may get crazy mad money to 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 do these shows Initially, but um, you know, and and um, I've forgotten her name now. The, the lady who's the star of um, Discovery is just coming off of you know a few years on on The Walking Dead. Um, but actors go from um, so it depends.
2: When you say star, do you mean the the first officer? Yeah, what's her name? Sinequa
1: Martin Green. Right. Yeah, her. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, and um, the the Kung Fu lady is also in the, in Michelle Cho. What's her Michelle, Michelle? Yeoh as uh, Mich- as the captain. Mm-hmm. And she's the captain. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then and then yep. Jeremy Isaac from uh, from um, he's a British actor, but he's from uh, Harry Potter. played, uh, what's his name, uh, Lucius, right? So I have, I have a couple of friends who are actors, right? And and it's kind of like, it's almost like being in a band. I mean, they go from gig to gig. Like, I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you get this, these short-term contracts to, to make this particular product or this vehicle or you're a character in a, in a story. And then, you know, you may get picked up. Like my friend Rick in, in uh, L.A. right now, he played a character in um, the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show right and he was just he just had a one part and then they brought him back for a couple more bits and he gave a couple of lines and he was just saying the other day on Facebook that you know he went in for this one particular episode of a, of a show and then he ended up they had him come back and then they had him come back again and now they're giving him like lines to read and now he's, he's turns out he's going to be a regular character but I have another friend who was in another uh, sci-fi show which I'm not going to name for, <laughs> for reasons but um, she basically was in the show for a number of seasons she was one of the protagonists in the story. And then something went wrong. She ended up getting written out of the story, quote unquote, as she likes to say, fired. Um, but she, she's not allowed to go to conventions and sign things as a former person who played this character in this particular sci-fi show, right? Like, you know, so Matt Smith has the right to go and say, I was once the doctor or get, you know, wear you know, put a fez on and take a picture with you and say, yes, it's, you know, the guy who played Doctor Who was appearing because he's, there's something in his contract that lets him do that, right? And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, when you go see a band play in uh, a concert, you know, the ticket prices are crazy these days because a lot of the ticket prices are absorbed by the people who book the concert and by the venue and all that kind of stuff. The reason why you pay $13 for a beer at a baseball game, or I don't know what you pay in the States, but that's what we pay up here, is because the venue is not really making that much money from having the artist in their venue. I mean, other than, you know, they make a little bit off of each seat, but the real money's made in the concession's fans right uh, in the same sense that you know the reason why these actors charge for photos and charge for autographs is because this is a this is a revenue stream for them that they that in some ways they're entitled to it's part of it's part of the, it's the us giving back as fans to them you know, so, um, mm-hmm. like you could say to me, Oh, you paid a hundred dollars to get Matt Smith's autograph, but by the same token, I paid Matt a hundred dollars. But you know, he's got like security guards. He's got like, you know, people who are handling the commerce for him. He's got a man, you know, he's got an agent there managing him. So there's a lot of people that he has to bring with him to these particular events for his own protection and to facilitate his ability to go and sign things, right? Um, or take, mm-hmm. appear mm-hmm. in photos. So I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's some, he has some costs, to, you know, to fly. I mean, I'm sure the venue probably pays to fly them there and that kind of stuff, right? That's part of the reason why the ticket prices are so high. But this is sort of some some money in his pocket. Like, whenever I go to a concert and for a band or whatever, and they have a, and I like the band, and I don't have their latest CD, I will gladly pay them the $20 cash at the, at the t-shirt stand to buy the CD, because that $20 is going to the artist after they've paid to have the CD made, right? As opposed to when you go to H&B or, God forbid, iTunes, where at iTunes, they get 2% or 3% of the sale of, of a piece of music on, on iTunes. Like, they're not getting very much money, right? It's not like us developers yeah. get 70%, right? So I don't, you know, I understand, the, I, mean, I I grumble about the fact that I have to pay that much money, but then again, the other side of me that rationalize, rationalizes and says, well, you know, this is how this guy's making money between his next gig, right? Because, I mean, what's he going to do? He's like, he's, I just as we just said, he's been typecast as Matt Smith, Doctor Who, right? You know, he can play, he can Play Prince mm-hmm. Philip because he's English and he's kind of like tall and thin, like Prince Philip was. But what else is he going to do, right? <laughs> you know, he might get a job in a sitcom or whatever, right? But you know, um, you know, Patrick Stewart was lucky that he was able to, he was able to fit right into into. I mean, I shouldn't say lucky. I mean, they they, they, they I mean they make a lo- they make a lot of money for a short period of time. It's just like professional sports. Right? They make a lot of money for. I mean, sorry, they make a ridiculous amount of money for a short period of time. But still, there are, are opertu- operational costs and all that kind of stuff, and agents and managers and the whole infrastructure that we don't see behind, right, That that um, is, is involved in that, right? But I remember yeah. um, one, one analogy, I've talked about this coaching program I was in before and one of the things that they, they talk about in the coaching thing is, is, is they use Frank Sinatra as an analogy in terms of when you're trying to set your business up. You want to basically get to the point where your business and you have enough people supporting you so you can just go up and do that one thing that, you know, brings the most value to you or to your customers, right? So in the case of Frank Sinatra, it was singing, right? So he had a whole infrastructure of people behind him that would, you know, somebody would pick him up in a car, you know, somebody would get him, you know, clean his suit off, whatever, wake him up at the appropriate time, put him in the car, drive him to the venue, hand him a scotch, give him a cigar, and say, there you go, Mr. Sinatra, there's the microphone, go sing, right? So there's a whole infrastructure behind that that gets him to that microphone so he can do his performance, right? But behind the scenes, we don't see all the sort of stuff that goes on, unless you look at the DVD making of kind of thing, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) and that's my my two cents on, on why we pay autographs pay for autographs and photos you know if you meet them in the street and they sign your honor they take a picture with you that's great or a selfie or whatever right you know and again like i know there's a lot there's a there's a side of um fandom where people say well they wanted to be famous right and the question is did they really want to be famous or did they really just have a passion for acting or you know or this is this is what they can do best right like maybe driving a streetcar is what you do best or you know managing an ios team is what you do best you know
2: and you never know how these things are going to turn out right like um I don't know that Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner thought, hey, you know, while they were sitting there um, in this obviously terrible set somewhere <laughs> that's supposed to be, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of uh, alien planet, and it's really just like this really sad setup that's like a high school production sort of thing. I'm pretty sure they had no idea that they were going to become, you know, cultural icons, and that this show was going to take on a, a life of its own and, and become something that people sort of celebrate through, through multiple generations for many. years. Years. So, it, since you can't know what that future is going to be like, I think it's it's totally makes sense that they would, you know, try to do whatever they can to to scrape by in some cases. Maximize, right? like
1: yeah, maximize, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it takes it takes a yeah. long time. One of my favorite movies is is uh, Galaxy Quest. You've, you've seen, seen that movie?
2: Yes, I think that's a, a very very good movie that that covers the like it's so Star Trek without being Star Trek kind of yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. aspect of it. Yeah. yeah,
1: but the behind the scenes part is like where they, you know, my favorite line is where Sigourney Weaver, you know, she's reading the computer says. something, Something and then she repeats what the computer says, and they say to her, "Why do you keep repeating what the computer says?" She says, "Because that's my my role. That's that's all I do in this whole thing. That's my whole. Don't take that away from me, right?" <laughs> you know, and uh, and and you know the the Tim Allen character. He's the he's he's the the one that's the superstar, right? Um, and yet he's this incompetent dad, and so on and so forth, right? But um, I, I do remember actually uh, coming back to Fan Expo. There was, I think it was about probably might be, it might have been like ten years ago, but you know Leonard Nimoy was there and i remember in in the case of Tim Curry he wasn't like he wasn't like signing stuff at a desk he was in a special room and you had to make an you had to buy a ticket to have an appointment to go and meet the guy and get his signature for the 2 seconds or 3 seconds that you're in the room with him right mm-hmm. i mean i mean i talked to Matt Smith probably for like 30 seconds if it was that long i'd be surprised right um but uh you know whereas you know so so with Leonard Nimoy you had to do that. with William Shatner you had to do that with Tim Curry you had to do that um you know when the they're mega stars or whatever they, they have, they have that sound. That's how it is. Right. And then, um, but then they do, they also do these things where you can buy a ticket to get a, to see the panel of, of speakers, like the Star Trek generate the Star Trek discovery cast. I don't know if all of them were there, but very many of them were there and they did like a panel talk. Uh, where I guess people got to ask, you know, there was a moderator who got to asking questions and then, and then uh, they probably took questions from the audience. You know, Kevin Smith and um, Jason Mewes came for, uh, they always do something here at, at our, at our, uh, Fan Expo, right? So yeah, they always have like a Kevin Smith you know, Jason Mewes, you know, with Silent Bob, and <laughs> sort of talk, right? So, yeah, yeah, good times. But yeah, it's interesting stuff, right? So, have you watched any of the trailers of of, um, of Discovery? You got any ideas what the show is going to be about?
2: It's it's kind of interesting because there's even like a uh, like a whole set of drama around the creation of, of Discovery, right? Where, the, as far as I understand, the general premise is this takes place um, some number of years before the original Star Trek series. Um, so it's technically in inter- before- Enterprise, because it's you're right yeah no no it's, it's after enterprise but before um, star trek the original series okay he couldn't find an easy th- Thing. Where, where What's did the start What's the start date? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I I remember something that it was like five to maybe fifteen years prior to okay um, to the voyages in in the original Star Trek series. So let, let's just say it's there because I, I can't find an easy link right now. Um. So post, you know, well, post Enterprise, but um, just a little bit prior to to Star Trek. And it's really unclear to me what the the premise is, uh, like the the driving force, because it seems. Oh, as I think I know. To, it seems as if they're going to have it. At little bit more serialized, um so closer to style of, of Deep Space Nine as opposed to the episodic style for uh the next generation, the original series, right, right. Um, Voyager. Um I think Enterprise tried to do a little bit of serialization while still being largely episodic. Um but, but it sounds like you know a little bit more of, of the the actual premise, right? Like all I've seen from the trailers is like um, you know, the first officer is getting recruited by um uh the the captain in this case Michelle Yo's character and it looks like it's sort of uh, I really don't want to do this but I uh, the first officer uh, Michael what, what is the character's name Michael Burnham looks like she yeah. doesn't want to to join but uh, Captain Philippa Georgiou Georgiao, I'm not sure how that's pronounced Michelle Yeoh's character is like you really should do this thing so it has a little bit of a feel of um, like the Ensign Roe character Ensign Ro Lauren where she's got some sort of mysterious past possibly uh, you know bad things have happened and yet she's being thrust into this this role um, because Starfleet thinks that, that she's the right person, or maybe this captain thinks that she's the right person to, to help on this ship.
1: Right, right. Well, from what I, when I, from what I, I mean, like, it's, it's supposedly the Klingons, initial meeting with the Klingons, because, um, you know, they're not in, the Klingons weren't in in Enterprise, I don't believe, right? Um, so it's the meeting, because in the initial, the first conflict with the protagonists in um, the Star Trek series and the, the original Star Trek series was, the, was the, the Klingons and the Romulans, right? They were the two, and the Romulans were supposed to be close to the Vulcan right they're supposed to be like from the same um genesis pool or whatever um mm-hmm. But so, sort of early early Klingon, it says right here uh, you know, on the wiki page here, um, Explorers of Federation slash Klingon war, Cold War, that followed um, following the crew of the USS Discovery. Um, yeah, and, and apparently uh, Martin Green's character, Michelle Burnham, as you said, um, she is uh, supposedly been raised by Sarek, who is Spock's father, right? So, it's surprising to be named her podcast Spockcast. I didn't even, I probably made the un- subconscious connection connection, but, um, yeah, so, and it's funny, like, you know, they sort of say that uh, Spock never mentions a sister in the original series and blah, 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 but then, you know, what are you going to do, right? Can't go back and write history. Rewrite history. So, it's some some story about where she came from, whether she's an older sister or younger sister or whatever. Um, she's not, she's not, um, let's see, does it say? Yeah, she's apparently the first human, first human to attend the Vulcan Learning Center and the Vulcan Science Academy, so so she. I guess she's going to be a bit like a Spock type character, but, you know, obviously with emotions closer to the surface than Spock had, right? It
2: sounds like a reverse Spock, right? Because Spock was yeah. the first one to go become a Starfleet officer. Right, right. So that's yeah. yep, kind of an interesting. Thing. And you know, I can I can see the hand waving by um uh, in terms of the, the retconning the continuity here where it's like, okay, right. well, Spock never mentioned he had a sister. It's like, well, he kind of never mentioned he had a brother either. And that was like a whole premise right. of a oh, movie. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it, it kind of, if anything has been pretty consistent about the, the Vulcans as they've been portrayed is that they really don't tell you anything unless they have to, unless they find it logical to, to tell you. And, and Sarek's character was, was kind of like that. Right. Um, if you remember that, uh, Star Trek, the next generation episode where he makes an appearance, um, it's very clear that he hasn't talked to his son in quite some time. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. His, his, uh, his son is off uh, trying to see if he can reunite the Vulcans and the Romulan peoples. Right, right. right so yep, yep. it seems like neither one of these guys, they don't do anything other than keep it pretty close to the vest, right? It's not yeah, of as course, if they're yeah. uh, telling you stuff day in and day out. So I, I'll, I'll give it a pass on that one. Like I'll, I'd like to see how they present it, uh, but I could see how it could be done sensibly.
1: Yeah, I suppose, too. And it's interesting, I'm looking here, they've got Rain Wilson from The Office as Hark- Harcourt Fenton Mud. They don't name him. They call him Harry Mud here, which is how he's known in in Star Trek. He's the guy who sold uh, triple. No, he wasn't the triple guy. He was another guy. But he he had the um, Harry Mud was in a couple of episodes of, of the original episode. He was played by a guy named Roger C. Carmel. But yeah, so but his name is uh, Harcourt Fenton Mud um, or Harry Mudd. That's that's it. so that's that's a crossover to the original series, right? Because again, that sort of belies that sort of is this in the same t- time frame? So it has to because uh, Harry Mudd is is a human. Human, right from Earth. So he can't be that old. He's like, I don't know, 30s or 40s by the time he shows up on, on the next generation or it's the original Star Trek movie. Is he, I think he's in like the, let me just see it. Now. I just watched uh, the Corporate maneuver and before that was the one with the kids. So he was probably in the sixth or seventh episode of the original series, right? So oh, that character, yeah. right? So he's in this one. So And Jason Isaacs, I think we mentioned him as he's the captain of Discovery. So is Michelle Yeoh on the same ship? because they mentioned
2: another ship. I'm a little bit unclear that and I'm trying to find some interest so so it describes Captain Isaacs here as Gabriel Lorca Captain of the Discovery right but then if you look at Michelle Yeoh's character um, She's a, Captain sure Shenzu Shenzu Captain of the Shenzu
1: yeah so according oh, here interesting. yeah yeah so Sequisha Martin Green was the first officer on the USS Shenzu and later USS Discovery so this must be uh, must be her coming over to, to that right so it's here in Toronto too which is kind of interesting because we do a lot of a lot of film moving filming here uh, actually just south of my house believe it or not and um they also filmed on location in jordan i guess because there's some scenes i think on our website we've got a picture of martin green and michelle Yeoh, and they look like they're in desert outfits right um that must be from the early early scenes. Right.
2: Yeah. And, and Tim, I've noticed you, you've got a particular pronunciation of these. I, I know I've seen the trailers. They probably don't mention some of these names real fast. So that name is Sequisha. Is that how it's pronounced?
1: Yeah. Sequisha Martin Green. Yeah. Soniqua. I never Soniqua, sorry, so Sini- uh, Sonequa. Sorry. I'm reading it wrong.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Sonequa, so I thought I just yeah. had the name completely wrong. Um, and is she playing a Michael or a Michelle Burnham?
1: Well, it's spelled Michael because Michelle is spelled M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. That's how you spell Michelle normally, right? And even Michelle, the French name for Michelle, is M-I-C-H-E-L, no A, right? So mm-hmm. when you say Michelle, like if it's a man, Michelle, right? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I would, it, to me, this is Michael, Michael Burnham, or yeah, but it could, it could be Michelle. I guess it's we'll have to we we'll have to wait and find out, right? So yeah, no, Sinequa, sort of Sinequa Martin Green. Anyway, she she played a character on. It's it's funny though. I was gonna. This other thing I want to talk to you about was was have you watched the Walking or the uh, yeah the Walking Dead with the latest series? The I've latest seen series?
2: It's some of it. Does she play the uh, Does she play Michonne on the Walking? No,
1: Dead? No, 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 no. That's a different character. Different different actress. Okay, because I've not yeah. seen the Walking Dead in a she very, played, very long time. Well, she played a br- her and brother got picked up by Rick and the guys, Rick and the gang, um, somewhere around I want to say like three or four seasons ago. Her brother has has since passed away. Um, when they met. Uh, when they found, uh, they went to sanctuary or something like that. It was called before they went to the where they to the town. Now, now there's a their protagonist is a guy named Negan who carries a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. Um, and there's a story about that I'm going to tell in a minute. But so she she stayed with them, and she uh, she just passed away. She just died in this last series. Um, and it's kind of funny how all of a sudden you know in the story, like because you know you never know when the, when people are going to leave the the show, and, and you're all surprised when. Somebody gets injured, or somebody gets hurt, or somebody gets you know. I'm just gonna say killed. I don't want to say you know. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> but um, she just, like all of a sudden she just went to me out of character and went off into this one situation which jeopardized her her health, <laughs> if you will. And she you know, summer similarly is is uh, killed by Negan and his gang, right? Um, and it was kind of like, oh, I got this other contract that's going to pay me more money, so write me out of the show. Is how I now that you know, hindsight being second, being 2020. I think I mentioned that last week with with Ramsey Bolton from um, uh, Game of Thrones. He kind of like you know ended up in a really cool looking show, and I think it's a new um, um, Marvel vehicle that they're premiering in IMAX. But it's going to be a TV show. Have you seen that one?
2: Anyway, but no, I don't know which one that is. But that does sound pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, but it kind of it's. Uh, you mean the the fact that the, all of a sudden these people disappear and then they show up? Or
2: <laughs> no, I mean that's a different fact. I mean, just uh, oh. Ramsey Bolton. I like I like the the actor. He did Do a really you? good okay. job of making you. despise. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, I hated kind
1: of that very guy. Gleeful hated character. That guy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um he's uh like and that guy Jack uh, Gleason who played um uh oh the the Blonde King, the one that we married to um Oh the, you know, the Purple Wedding or the Purple Yeah, the Purple Wedding where he gets poisoned by We're not gonna say who uh, poisons uh, him until king you can Joffrey? Joffrey Yeah, he plays Joffrey. I really mm-hmm. hated the Hymns character. And same same with the the guy from uh, Harry Potter who was um Harry's nemesis, um Jason Isaac's son, I'm forgotten his name now. I just watched the Harry Potter series. On the weekend as well. Anyway, I don't um, know the actor's name, but the uh, Draco Malfoy is that who you Draco to? Malfoy, Malfoy the character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So J- <laughs> uh, Jason Isaacs played, played uh, Lucius Malfoy. Um, but I was going to say that. Uh, uh, so yeah, so so um, the actor who plays Ramsey Bolton is. In, I think it's a show is called Superhumans. And you haven't seen any any previews or trailers for that one? I haven't. No. Oh man, now that one that one's premiering soon. I think if you do, you have the IMDb. Do you have an iPad? Yes. Yeah. So so load up the IMDb app. On your iPad because they they have um, the, I don't know what they, what they're doing with their website because their website is, is crap compared to the iPad app. The iPad app is amazing. You don't have to create an account or whatever, but even though it says on the first screen that you do, but they you know every, I, the, I sit I watch movies with my iPad in my lap and you know so there's all these trivia notes about movies and and behind the scenes stuff, but they also have previews and trailers for upcoming TV shows and movies, right? So and that's where I first first saw that and I think when I went and saw a couple of movies like. Um, what did I see in the theaters recently? Uh, there must have been uh, uh, Dunkirk, I saw, and um, Baby Driver, and there was another Marvel one. Wasn't there? Mar- yeah, G- Gardens of the Galaxy, right? Before that one started, they showed a trailer for this uh, superhuman show. So, yeah, he plays. Uh, he plays uh,
2: oh, that's why I was getting confused. Are you talking about inhumans? Is that what's up? Inhumans, yes. Okay, that's. I, I was looking, I was like, I keep finding this Stan Lee thing that's about <laughs> actual people that have, you know, <laughs> they have particular, like, weird weird things that they can do so they're yeah, called yeah. superhumans but have you seen uh, a trailer for that one because he's in that Oh uh, yeah i've yeah, yeah. s- yeah. seen some of the the teaser trailer i think i don't People think it's have seen the, of phones yeah. yeah yeah inhumans yeah so it's, it's starting it's, it's premiering as a movie and then it's switching over to
1: let me just see if this is the right one uh yeah yeah if you, if you see the the images for for the uh show he is ivan rowan i would say is how you'd say his name that's the guy who played ramsey Bolton. Mhm. Mm-hmm. He's on Twitter as I I W A N. I would say that's Ivan.
2: That could be Rhodes. So he plays the character Maximus. I'm not as familiar with the Inhumans although I do recognize some of the characters like Black Bolt and the the weird dog that they have. Right. Um, nice. I don't know the character well enough to tell who exactly he's playing. So I'd have to look up that character.
1: Mm-hmm. So you read you read some of the comic books you mean or, or graphic novels? I know I definitely know?
2: I know I definitely have um oh he plays a super villain. Villain. A supervillain? It says Maximus is a fictional supervillain appearing in, in humans. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so this is ABC.
1: Who's behind, um, is it Netflix behind uh,
2: the new Star Trek? Uh, no, that would be CBS, at least here. Um, in fact, that's going to be on CBS All Access, which is their streaming service. How much does that even cost? Oh, so you won't Try be it, able to see it on yeah, TV. Much of the- we should move to Canada. No, th- <laughs> no, they're, they're it's so interesting how the, the rights for that work. So At least here in the United States, CBS is using this as their they're using it as their sort of wedge to sort of grow this whole thing. Like right now, um, apparently I can stream every episode of Star Trek ever, and it looks like it's all the series um right here from their homepage. But um yeah in Canada the, the it seems like the licensing works a little different. Like yeah, we have you channel. were lucky enough yeah. to have uh, The Force Awakens just for free right there in your normal Netflix subscription. It's still And, hasn't and come Rogue out One on and here. Rogue
1: One. Do you have Rogue One
2: yet? We do have Rogue One and that was a surprise to me me. I'm not sure oh, what really? happened with the rights there. Yeah. Well, maybe everybody dies in the end, so they don't care, right?
1: <laughs> also, in, in this <laughs> Inhuman show is Anson Mount. He, I don't know if you've watched uh, Hell on Wheels, um, but he played a guy named Kellen Bohannon in, in that for on AMC for a while, right? So they just finished their—they um, just had their last season um, just this last year, right? So frees up all these actors to be in these new shows. That's what I'm saying. See, I'm, that's what I'm saying it's a conspiracy. Yeah, I
2: think, I think the new sort of streaming world will make it easier for actors to show up in multiple series because before right. you know when you have something like a tng or you know the original even the original star trek series like they shot those things week by week and they had their oh, production they? schedule yeah. and you know i mean they they probably shot multiple episodes per week but it wasn't it wasn't as if they did them all at once um hmm. you know i don't know how far they had Let, let's for the sake of, of discussion, assume that they have like, um, like two months, like eight episodes ahead. So they shoot eight episodes and okay, great. Let's start premiering those while we start producing the other episodes. And you can tell where like production sometimes goes off kilter for like a, a writer's strike or an actor strike or whatever it is. And then there'd be like, Oh, this is like a clip show on <laughs> the end of season two or something weird like that. Right. Where they try to save money and, and, and still produce something. I think now with the, the shorter, as we said, what is this like 15 episodes we said for discovery and, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're going to produce them all in the same way, but uh, assuming they do like a Netflix would do where Netflix will say, Hey, we, we have all these episodes. We've already shot them all. We're going to release them all at once on day one. Right. Like I think that sort of scheme going forward will open up opportunities for these actors to spend, I don't know, a couple months shooting somewhere and then jump to the next job where they shoot for a couple months and the next job where they shoot for a couple right, months. So right. you might end up seeing a lot of these actors in different roles in the future.
1: Yeah. I was kind of wondering about that because there's another show, um, you know, the show will and grace you know do you ever watch that show it was a sitcom used to and, and and it's coming back it's coming back well so so um what's his name The plays the main character will uh, he's canadian i wish i can't remember his name but hang on we have the we have the we have the internet we can look this up will and grace
2: yeah, he spent some time in, like, a CSI or or similar, right? Yeah, no, he's in... It's a great show. It's called...
1: Hang on. Eric McCormick is his name. Now that, that I've been looking for him, I just remembered what his name was. But he's been in a show, and it's just coming back to season two, because I was kind of wondering, like, so if he's doing if he's doing Will and Grace, is he going to be able to do the other show, right? And he's in a show called... what? What is a sci-fi show called? Come on, this is a sci-fi show podcast. We should know this name.
2: Wait, he's on a sci-fi show? Yeah. It's I
1: thought he was, like, on a really CSI good. kind of show. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one's called uh, that may be called Perception you're thinking of Prime Drama um, I haven't seen that one but no he's in this show called oh it's really good and they just they just finished their season two is coming out in um, a few weeks as well oh here was his list of shows television uh,
2: Travelers I guess is the newest thing I see science yeah, fiction TV series
1: yeah, yeah 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 that's a really good one if you haven't seen that I think that's that's on our Canadian Netflix right now Travelers so the first season of that but yeah watch that one that's a real good one I'm not going to tell you anything more about it. Than that. I really like shows, but no, I'm not going to say it.
2: <laughs> now I Now I understand why I had no clue what you were talking about, because it's a Canadian show. Oh, is it? That oh. makes sense.
1: Well, do you know what? It's funny. We were talking about... Uh, who was I talking to? Uh, oh, yeah. So a friend of ours, a friend of mine is a Canadian uh, director of photography type guy. We're probably going to have him on um, Roundabout one of these days. But he was telling me... About, so I was mentioning to him about, um, um, but, about, about um, Orphan Black and uh, this other show, uh, which I talking about the other day. Holy cow. Talk about blank. Anyway, he was telling me that these shows are, a lot of these shows are American productions that are filmed in, in Canada, filmed in Toronto and Vancouver, right? So, um, so Travelers may in fact be, yeah, it's a Canadian slash American TV series, right? So, it's created I think for- it
2: means that like the, the, the Americans decided they wanted to use that sweet, sweet Canadian government money yes. <laughs> for producing yep. Canadian content. Yeah, And so, you're right. It probably does mix, but I don't remember that being, like, does it come out of like a normal channel here? Like, a, like a, it's like on, it's a on, it's co-production channel, like between Netflix
1: and Showcase. I think Showcase is a Canadian channel, right? But Netflix is American. Okay. Yeah, Showcase is a is a TV channel here, Her, uh kind of uh, n- not quite HBO. You know, it's it's part of your cable package, but it's not. You don't pay any extra for it, right? So
2: yeah. uh, I see here. So it says here, yeah. First season premiered on Showcase. The series premiered globally outside of Canada on Netflix in December right. of 2016.
1: Okay. Yeah, definitely another. Yeah, show I think this losses.
2: is one of those shows that's like. Um, um, not trumpeted as much on netflix of course netflix you know their original series they're going to push forward um a bit more because they don't have to pay any licensing that one right they've they've purchased the rights to that uh, or, or mm-hmm. produced this series itself um i do end up with a lot of after the fact canadian series like i think i've gotten about two-thirds of the way through millennium and it's kind of funny seeing like all these other like weird random sci-fi shows show up in my netflix queue because of that it's like oh because you watch this thing here's these other shows you might yeah watch. yeah yeah then you watch an episode of two but like Hey, I think this is a Canadian show. You know why? Because I saw that dude and he's Canadian and he was in this other show. Right, right, right. Well, it's another, the other
1: show I was trying to remember the name of is called Dark Matter. And I think Dark Matter is now, on, it's on, it's on our Netflix as well. So it's probably on yours too, but it's a really good show. I just started, started watching that one too. Um, but
2: yeah, it's just, yeah, that's a, that's a perfect example right there where one of the actors, the, um, well, I would call him African American, but he's probably African Canadian. I <laughs> think about it. Um, and the African Canadian guy is in Millennium and Dark Matter, at least. Oh, really? You know, I saw the first couple episodes of Dark Matter. I haven't seen the series, but
1: yeah. What's his name? Uh, Mark. Ben I don't David remember his. Being...
2: What's that Mark Ben Davis? Does that sound right? I have no idea what any of the, the actors' names are, um, except for the, literally the only one who I knew from Millennium was Lexa Doig, and that's only because I was a huge fan of uh, Andromeda. If you remember mm-hmm. that TV series, yeah, yeah, with uh, Kevin Sorbo,
1: right? Really, you like that show? Mm-hmm. I could. Never, I mean, never uh, could get uh, into it. Well, show.
2: let's see. Let, let me see when it came out. Let me see. One sec. Let's see here on Wikipedia. Andromeda. Let's see here. So it came out, uh, oh, it came out later than I thought it had. Alright, so it, it premiered in the year 2000. So, and as a wee lad in, in my freshman year of college, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it for what it was. You know, it was oh, kind of okay. campy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I always felt it would kind of didn't get as much love that went in, in um, Farscape's direction. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like I chose, like, the Betamax of uh, of Under the Radar sci-fi series. So was that not um, a? Uh,
1: um, I uh, I want to say it's, uh, Uh, Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Yeah. Gene Roddenberry came up with that one. It's funny. I was watching I just remembered a TV show. I don't know. There was one TV show where this one character played by Marriott Hartley, who was actually also in Star Trek, the original series where she had two belly buttons. Right. And the name of the show was Genesis two. And I remember watching it at the time because I used to look for a lot of shows by Gene Roddenberry because I really liked Star Trek back in like, yes. So I guess to answer your earlier question, yes, Star Trek was my favorite show or of these, these types. Right. But, uh, in the seventies, I had this really campy show called Genesis two, which was this show that I was talking about with the, uh, with the two belly buttons, but apparently, and the reason we put, he put two belly buttons in because he wasn't allowed to show belly buttons in the original star Trek, as, as according to Jean Ron Murray. Right? <laughs> Just double it up there. Right? <laughs> yeah. there yeah, yeah, You go. And yeah, so apparently, but there, he did, apparently there was three shows he did in the mid seventies, Genesis two, strange new world and planet earth. And I, I know I remember Genesis two, but I don't remember the other two. Yeah. So again, like coming back to what I said before, when, when, when the next generation was coming out, we were all like super excited for it. It was like the what early eighties, right? When that first came out, must have been eighty three, eighty two, somewhere in there,
2: right? Um, I have to think about that one.
1: Are oh, you saying one of the character, one of the actors, actresses in um, Andromeda was also in um,
2: Dark Matter? No. So, and having looked at Alexa Doig's um, filmography, I realize I've embarrassingly oh, no. confused the name Continuum with oh. Millennia, which is a totally different show starring. Uh, Lars Hendrickson uh, right, Bishop, right. as we mentioned before. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's another um, good one. Um, Continuum was a good show, too. Yeah. They, got, uh, they, they see, almost okay, lost me so there Continuum. for a while. I don't know. Lately, lately shows have been losing me. If they get if they get too television-y, you know, if they get too sort of uh, um, contrite, then, then I, or I don't about the right word, but yeah, they, I've, I've actually stopped watching some some sci-fi shows because they just get a little, eh, you know, get tired of them. They're sort of very formulaic. That's what
2: I'm looking for, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely the sort of thing where I appreciate the smaller scoped series, where it's like, okay, we either know that there's a particular plan that this is a a, a one season series, or maybe it's a two or three season series, but there's a sort of an overall arc that they have. Mm-hmm. I think where shows start to lose me is when it becomes, oh, they're trying to keep this going on as long as they can, and so characters will start doing weird things that don't make any sense, right? Or they'll be like, oh, that's re- the truth is revealed this week. It's like, obviously it's not. This is like the middle of the season. They're not going to reveal. <laughs> The truth, you're just going to be stringing me along to keep me watching week by week. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, on that happy note, um, it's way past my bedtime, so we should probably call it a day and uh, wrap up this episode. So, hey, how many people want to get a hold of you? How do they do that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) They can find me on Twitter as at devwithahair. And and my final note is, it's Roger Cross who shows up on uh, Continuum and um, Dark Matter.
1: Okay, the actor Roger Cross.
2: Yeah, I just looked up his filmography. Okay, cool. I'll have to
1: have to check them out. Um, and <laughs> as I said at the beginning, I'm Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine, and we'll talk to you guys in the future. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see episode show notes, visit the Spockcast website at spockcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at Spockcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotCast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend or writing a review on iTunes. You can find out details on how to help us out on our website at spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future. Funny, I was going to mm-hmm. mention Killjoys. I don't know if you've seen the TV show Killjoys, um, but it's it, it was really confusing me at first because there's a, there's a, I got to look this up now because where we go here. Oh, I, I hate when I click on a little lock on a website on a web browser and I get the certificate open. Um, Sean Astin, is Sean Astin?
2: The Which one is plays the guy Stan from Gamji in uh, Lord of the Rings?
1: No, that's, no, that's oh, that is Sean Astin. You're right. No, it's there is a Sean Astin result No, yeah, you, you know Sean Astin is is um, Gomez. Adam's son, right? Do you know that?
2: No, I had no idea. That's so. Do you know
1: crazy. who Patty? Do you know who Patty Duke is? Yes, she had a TV show called Patty Duke, right? Um, mm-hmm. And she married a guy named John Aston, right? Um, let me just see here. So, Aston was born as a son in Santa Monica, California, son of actress Patty Duke. And I thought John Aston was his dad, or maybe just his stepdad. Yes, no, Aston subsequently adopted Sean, but yeah, his parents were Sean Aston, who was who played Gomez Adams, and Patty Duke of the patty duke show right so small world eh but you didn't know that but anyway, that's not who i'm talking about sean somebody rather let me look at kill here this is this is one of the shows that i i've fallen out of favor with but it, but you know what? it's it's on netflix so i can i know i even though i stopped watching it uh, this season um this is season three if i stopped watching it um i know i can go back and watch it again okay so um oh aaron ashmore right he his brother is sean ashmore from the x-men series right you know who's sean ashmore? He's, the, he's the one that was in love with um uh uh, who's the girl that played the uh, one that would freeze everybody?
2: Oh, wait, he plays um, uh, Iceman, um, Bobby. I can't remember the character's
1: Yeah, name. Bobby. Yeah, so Aaron Ashmore, right, is the exact twin of Sean Ashmore. And they're identical twins. Like, you know, if you so if you watch Killjoy, you would think for like a year, I'm like, who is this guy? Where have I seen him before, you know? And then I had to go to, to the IMDb app or the website somewhere and find out that he's in fact a different guy than the guy on, um, on X-Men. But they they're, they look identical, right? So both Canadians, by the way, apparently. So yeah, he's known for he played Jimmy. This guy played Jimmy Olsen on Smallville, which I don't know if did you ever watched Smallville.
2: You know, I never got I never got into Smallville. That's yeah, uh, I watched
1: a little bit of it, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, weirdness. Anyway, just you no. Know, if you if you saw him if did. you saw him on Killjoys, you would totally think he's the guy from X Men, but you'd be wrong. But then again, you might think the guy <laughs> but, on Smallville is the guy from X Men, and you'd also be wrong again there too, right? So
2: that's so weird when there's twins uh, because it kind of throws you off. Yeah. Um, kind oh, of think, like maybe as a parting note, like, how come, you know, Linda Hamilton, who played Sarah Connor in the Terminator movies. Who I met, by the way. At Terminator 1, Terminator 2. She was an actress. Um, she has a twin sister who, spoilers, shows up in Terminator 2. No way. And yet the the and yet the twin never was an actress, as far as I can tell. I was like, how, how could you not do that? Like, you would think that it would be a real selling point.
1: Yeah, you know, there's another actress, too, that um, a, a Canadian, long black hair, I can't remember her name. Now, but she's and she was in a, a cop show like uh, I don't know, not Hill Street Blues or but um, one of those shows like uh, Law and Order or something like that. Um, I think she played a cop. And but her sister is is actually a scientist, like a white lab coat scientist, right? And, and but she's been on TV and commercials and stuff like that. And yeah, another, another it's just totally weird when people are twins like that, right? So not that it's weird, nothing. Nothing's anything wrong with twins. Don't 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 you know whatever take us the wrong way. It's very <laughs> yeah, confusing when you're in, in a visual thing. Linda Linda Hamilton.
2: One, eh? Linda Hamilton has a sister named Leslie Hamilton Guerin mm-hmm. and the only entry for her as an actress mm-hmm. is as the twin Sarah Connor in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So when does she show up in the movie? Now I'm confused. So back in <laughs> Yale old days they spent all the, presumably spent all the budget on, on the, CGI yeah, on for the morphing, yeah, just the yeah. T-1000. And it looked like CGI wasn't really that good back then anyways, right? Like it wasn't as if it was going to be an easy cut and paste sort of thing. So when the t-1000 takes the form of sarah connor and looks her right in the face that's her twin sister or oh no way really Uh oh yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Huh. Yeah. See, small thing. You know, that's back in the theater. Maybe, I, maybe I, I. that's another movie I never saw in the theater. Maybe I should go back and watch that in the theater, which is coming out soon. Weird. Yeah. I met her in in uh, Vancouver once. She was uh, at a restaurant, and this guy I was with was just like fawning all over her, and so went and said hello to her and stuff like that. So then we then we left her alone because in Canada we do that when we see famous people. We don't, you know, necessarily run up to them. Well, maybe we run up to them and get get an autograph signed by them, but <laughs> it's only only when they're <laughs> accessible for that purpose. Yeah, we tend to tend to leave them alone which again another reason why actors like coming here too right so. we don't have paparazzi chasing people all over toronto as well i think that's another another reason why actors like it up here you know you can go you can go to the gap or you can go check out you know william sonoma and not get outed by people right yeah anyway yeah, yeah. on that note we'll say bye-bye bye goodbye okay see ya and i'll Talk say goodbye to, to you this time hmm? <laughs> is this the real goodbye it's hard to tell yeah sometimes. <laughs> i know i know you never know are we is this the show is this, this still a show
2: Is this the show <laughs>
1: All right, two hours fifteen minutes. I'm sure we got plenty of material for two podcasts. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. So we had our we had our sort of what the hell do we think the show is about gonna be moment. That's good. All right. Mm -hmm. Talk to you later.
2: See you later. Bye. Sick of being upsold
0: at gyms. (laughs)